Welcome to the Family Beacon Podcast from Minnesota Family Council with hosts Grace Evans and Moses Bratchard. Stay informed on the top stories on life, family, and religious freedom. Get the facts, stand for truth. Hello and welcome back to the Family Beacon Podcast from Minnesota Family Council. We're so glad to have you watching or listening with me, Moses Bratchard, Grace Evans, your amazing co-host here. So today we're going to be talking about a couple things. First of all, the March for Death at the mm-hmm. uh, Capitol here in St. Paul. Second of all, uh, some really interesting propaganda that the CDC is pushing on kids. So that's uh, not something that we love talking about, but something that we feel we need to talk about to keep you informed. Finally, we're going to talk about a really interesting video from Jordan Peterson, mm-hmm. the Canadian psychologist um, who released a video called A Message to uh, the Christian Churches. It's got a ton of views, almost yeah. a million views as we record this. Um, so we're going to talk about that, respond to uh-huh. that. Yeah, and before we jump into our first story, though, Moses, I do want to let our audience know that we, Minnesota Family Council, are officially on TikTok. <sighs> Now, I think we should talk briefly about why we're on TikTok, because you know, if you've been a loyal uh, watcher of the Family Beacon podcast, a loyal subscriber, you know that Moses and I have um, turned our noses up at TikTok a few times before. So Moses, why don't you give our audience the reason why we decided we would create a TikTok account for Minnesota Family Council? Yeah. So TikTok is, I don't think anyone is surprised by this. TikTok is hugely popular. Um, All the other uh, social media sites like Facebook with their uh, Facebook and Instagram with the Reels and uh, YouTube with YouTube Shorts and Snapchat are all trying to catch up with TikTok in this space, this short content video space. And um, we, we're we seeing uh, conservative organizations get on Twitter, have success, excuse me, get on TikTok, have success on TikTok. And we want to make sure that we're reaching, we're, that we're shaking the tree, that we're reaching everyone that we can mm-hmm. with a message of life, family, and religious freedom in Minnesota. Yep. And so, because so many young people are on TikTok and there is so much misinformation, right? Yeah. That is why it's so essential for us to be on there, honestly, because yeah. there's so much trash on there. Honestly, there's that so much we trash. need to be on there because we can get our voice out. It's fairly easy to get into the algorithm on TikTok, easier than on Instagram, at least in my experience. Um, so that's really why we're on there is we know that light is really needed there because TikTok is a place of darkness in general not to say everything on there is bad but there is a lot of bad stuff on there Mm -hmm. so we want to make sure that we're putting out our content on there and so if you want to follow us it's at mn family council same instagram same username as our instagram on another note the church ambassador network an initiative of minnesota family council now has an instagram account too so we are really expanding your social media platforms this week you can follow them at can.minnesota on instagram to stay tuned up to date on everything they are up to and so we will have both of those accounts linked in the description go ahead and give us a follow Um, especially on tiktok we need your help because there's a lot of pro-abortion activists that been coming at us which is we've had good. some hilarious comments yeah one was like re- only religious people believe that life begins at conception science doesn't disagrees with that and I was and just grace <laughs> grace did a great own i think in our instagram thank you reels or whatever stories stories where you 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 screenshotted that comment and then you screenshotted some sources from princeton and just like 96 percent of all pro scientists choice, of atheist. even pro-abortion scientists yep believe that life begins at conception because mm-hmm. how can you not it's a unique human life yeah. uh, with unique dna from the moment of uh, conception 
And so, heck, follow us on Instagram, too. <laughs> only dumb people deny that, okay? I'm just going to get salty for a second. Okay, so, Grace, my wife and I are driving home. Yep. Uh, f- uh, I think it was either on Saturday or Sunday. I don't remember. I think it was on the way home from church on Sunday. And we're coming under this underpass, and there's these people marching across the bridge above us. And I'm like, oh, interesting. What are they up to? Mm. And then I saw oh, the ho, sign, ho. and it said, abortion is health care. And Brianna just goes, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I love Brianna. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Brianna. <laughs> yeah, um, that was the right reaction. So there was a huge uh, pro-abortion march. Well, at least big. I don't know how huge it yeah, was. Yeah, I want to talk about that with you, about actually. That. <laughs> but yeah, tell us more about, about what brought people to the Capitol in St. Paul this yeah, weekend. Yeah, so I mean, obviously we did the podcast episode last week about uh, Judge Gilligan's ruling about abortion so-called rights in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. But this rally is uh, was done in support of abortion rights. It was done in defiance of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. So-called also, abortion rights. Yes, yeah, so-called abortion rights. And so it was it was in celebration of that win, quote-unquote, for them, and then also in defiance of Roe v. Wade's overturning. And I just, there's not too much to say other than something our CEO said, which I think was great. I mean, we we go to the March for Life every single year at Minnesota Family Council. It's a great experience. And he sent us in one of our Slack messages and he said, look, here's the March for Death. And that's absolutely right. I mean, they are marching for death, even if some of them will admit it, even if some of them perhaps are misinformed, because there are some women who are misinformed on this and they just don't know what abortion actually is. Um, yeah, they never want to talk about abortion. They always want to talk somehow. about choice. They want to talk about autonomy. They want to talk about lump of cells. Yeah. So yeah. I just want to read a few comments from Representative Omar, who is one of the U.S. representatives, who had a few quotations. He was actually arrested at, I think, SCOTUS yesterday, along with AOC, because they were at another she rally. She was arrested? Yeah. She and no AOC were arrested for... Um, I think that, well, I know AOC was arrested for, she was protesting and she was like using her body to block people because you can get arrested for that. She got arrested and she pretended to be handcuffed. Did you see that? I heard about that. I didn't watch the clip. <laughs> anyways, Good anyways. Grief. So this was a separate thing. But anyways, um, she, this is one of her quotes at the rally. She said that this ruling, the ruling of overturning Roe v. Wade, goes against what the Constitution is about. Dash, expanding rights, protecting liberty for all of us. And... I know the irony with pro-abortion supporters is just so true and real and in your face because when she says this ruling, protecting life in the womb, goes against what the Constitution is about, it's like, okay, let's look at the Constitution. Is the word abortion ever found in the Constitution? No. Mm-hmm. Is the word, is the phrase, the right to life for each individual found in the Constitution? Yes. Mm-hmm. So really, this is a constitutional ruling. Um, and she's like, it goes against the Constitution. Actually, that's in the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, uh, Declaration of Independence, sure. But I'm sure, but you know what? Also in our founding documents. And so she talks about it's against expanding rights. It's against protecting liberty. Um, so is this actually the case? Because to me, it sounds like it's expanding rights for the preborn children and protecting the liberty of the preborn right. children. And then she also says, if you don't want to go back to a time when ultra conservative white men decided what you want to do with your body, you have to fight back with us, which is hilarious because the pro-abortion movement likes to use this argument all the time, right, Moses? They like to say it's only old white men who want to tell women what to do with their bodies. But then you look at the pro-life movement and you realize there's actually a lot of young women leading the charge, like Lila Rose, Allison Santafante. Grace Evans. <laughs> well, thank you, Moses. Um, there's a lot of people leading the charge, and there are a lot of a lot of them are women. Um, that's not to say men aren't supposed to be in this fight. We need men to fight fight in this fight because uh, this is a human rights issue. It's the gravest human rights crisis of our time, and we need to men to rise up when it's, when it's a question of justice every single gender needs to be involved so male female the two genders need to be involved you yeah. can't say oh we're gonna 
alienate men from this. Um, so yeah, she she said those things, which clearly just misinformed and manipulative. And then uh, Walls, Governor Walls, also spoke, and one of his statements was. This was just to the general crowd. He said, someday our children and grandchildren are going to ask what the hell we did during this time. And you're going to say everything possible, which I actually read that. And I was like, hmm, sounds kind of like he quoted me at my Davos Decision Day rally because I had a line in there. I didn't say what the hell we did during this time. But I said one of my lines was something along the lines of um, I am so excited to tell my grandchildren and my children that we won that we started that we continued to fight the war for human rights we won the first battle and we continued to press on until we had won the war yeah and i was like oh that sounds reminiscent of me i mean i'm I'm sure he didn't see my speech but we have a similar messaging idea but he the the thing that's really ironic about what he's saying is he's saying like our grandchildren and grandchildren are going to ask us well the thing is Minnesota is killing off its children and grandchildren. Yeah, they have to survive the womb for, you know, to to be able to ask these questions. I think that would be the prerequisite for that. And I I I hate how pro-abortion activists and Governor Walls, they act like they're champions of liberty, they're champions of America's future, and of the next generation. It's like, well, you're killing them off in the womb. How can you dare to to claim that? If I could speculate for a second, I would say that Governor Walls has speechwriters who are about your age or maybe a little older. But they're trying to reach people your age with this language. Which is why he Which I think it sounds like... Like what you were saying, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it really backfires on him because I'm actually fighting for our children and grandchildren to be guaranteed the right to live. And so, yeah, those are my thoughts on some of the comments that were made. Something else, though, I think we're talking about this in a team meeting or in a Slack channel, but we feel like the numbers were fabricated because they reported that there were like over 5,000 people attending. Yeah, what yeah, do you the, think the, about that, Moses? The, I, I just, I saw this this tweet that just stank <laughs> to high heaven from the Minnesota State Patrol or <laughs> Department of Public Safety, which oversees the State Patrol. I don't know which one. And they were like, Great to see 5,000 people exercising their right to protest as well as a few anti-abortion protesters. So, like, they really made the contrast clear right in the tweet. They claimed that there was just a tiny group. And it's like you look at the pictures and, you know, we've we've been at rallies at the Capitol. It certainly did not look as as big as the March for Life. It just didn't. Mm-mm. And so, which is in January, for crying out loud. Very cold. Uh, yeah. What, what, how cold was it? Because I was in D.C. and you were here. Yeah. Do you remember how cold it was? You know what? I honestly... I've I know it was to, a bitter I've been day. to a couple, uh, to quite a few now, and it's just, sometimes it's cold, but it's always nasty. It's January in Minnesota. Ugh. You don't want to be outside for an hour um, unless you dress, uh, you know, as my parents would say, there's no bad weather, only bad clothing. But anyway... So that's uh, the, the, the March the, for Death. Yeah, and, and I was speculating like you know the 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 state patrol is under the control of governor walls so if he told them to say hey why don't you uh go tweet about how big the crowd was when i was speaking at this pro-abortion march um they might do that i'm not saying that's what happened but it just seemed a little it stank Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. me yeah um i think you had a comment too on keith ellison moses yeah so um attorney general keith ellison is speaking at this rally which is uh, which is sponsored by organizations like Unrestrict Minnesota, which wants to get rid of all of our uh, pro-life laws and uh, gender justice. And those are those those are parties who are interested in this lawsuit that we talked about last week on the podcast with Renee. That um, and so and and uh, Attorney General Ellison's role in that lawsuit is to defend was to defend Minnesota state laws. He may still appeal uh, the ruling in that lawsuit. So he is now um, 
it just seems like such a conflict of interest that he would then appear on stage at a rally sponsored by the people who had just sued him wow. by name wow. as the Attorney General of Minnesota, as the man uh, tasked wow. with defending Minnesota's laws in court, and he's up there. And it just, it's just like, it, it's almost like, why isn't anyone pointing out the conflict of interest there? Mm-hmm. You know, point. I mean, we are. I mean, You're really yeah. getting the facts I guess here, that's right? Why we're, that's why, why we're here. That's why we're in business. But yeah, <laughs> I think that's a good thing to point out. Um, so yeah, that's that's our take on the March for Death that happened recently. Uh, definitely, I mean, they show their true colors, marching for death, right? They yeah. are fighting to kill off, to have for for women to have the so-called right to kill off their children and grandchildren, and mm-hmm. so that is devastating. So speaking of um, things that are mm-hmm. not good for kids. Um, yeah, something pretty icky. Yeah, pretty icky. So, so it's it's almost like it's almost hard to believe this stuff. I see it on right wing media, and I'm like, it's not really true. So, um, let me just read the first couple paragraphs of this piece from Breitbart, hmm. um, and they broke the story as far as I'm aware. Uh, the headline: CDC directs LGBT children to secretive chats about sex changes, activism, the occult. And I'm just like, whoa, that's one heck of a headline. And it's also run in part by Planned Parenthood. Yes, yeah. So um, uh, the Centers for Disease Control is promoting to youth an online chat space called Q Chat Space that discusses sex polyamorous relationships, the occult sex change operations, and activism specifically designed to be quickly hidden while being used. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It mixes uh, LGBT adults and children and is run in part by Planned Parenthood. So it's advertised on the CDC's LGBT Health Youth Resources page. Mm. It describes itself as a community for LGBTQ plus teens. It's available for, the, for ages 13 through 19. Can be hidden from parents. Focuses hidden from parents. Hidden from parents. Hate that. Mm-hmm. And it focuses on a number of mature themes, including drag culture 101, Ugh. sex and relationships, having multiple genders intended Ugh. for bi slash pan youth. And so I just want to say... Um, that I looked on the CDC's website, cdc.gov slash LGBT health slash youth hyphen resources dot HDM. And there it is. It's the, uh, it's the, it's right there. Um, the Q chat space, a digital LGBTQ plus center, which features conversations on gender affirmation surgeries, so-called gender affirmation surgeries, as well as on hormone replacement therapy. Therapy, sorry. The chats are also used in part to tell children where you can find resources related to transition. And astrology. Yes, so just I like actually this. had notes on that on the document. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, we are we, we have thoughts on the rest of it, but it also, like, there seems to be a tie to astrology. And I wonder, I mean, there's been this whole movement recently of, like, kids identifying with their, what's an astrological, like, shape or what what is it their sign your, their sign. your star sign yeah and i don't know like what do you think the correlation between that is and gender dysphoria well i'm a libra so i've got really angry when you just is that is that actually what a libra is what is a libra <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i have is no <laughs> earthly idea but i wonder what the correlation is you know yeah no like, i yeah. i think i think you're right to point out that connection. There's, there's certainly the, these are two things that are really faddish right now. Mm-hmm. There's a fad that uh, you can get into astrology, even the occult, and like the and mysti- mystic, yeah, yeah, hidden knowledge. Yeah, and that's that's somehow yeah. that's somehow a thing that people can have access to, and that's going to be good. Just really 
peachy keen for them to explore that. And then, of course, with the gender thing, it's also this invented half mythological, half astrological idea that you can change your gender, mm-hmm. that you can change your sex, that you can completely transform yourself physically and um, emotionally, and you can become uh, a woman or a man, even if you were born a man or a woman. And it's just, um, it's just. Yeah, I I think there's a a really strong connection there. This is a little bit maybe a tangent, but I feel like it's an interesting thing to ask is what are your thoughts in comparing like um, the Enneagram to astrology signs? You know, okay. I feel I'm like, gonna make myself unpopular because I hate the enneagram. Okay, no, I don't. I feel like for our audience, that actually might be kind of popular. Well, there's the enneagram is like huge with Christians. Yeah, wasn't it created by like a huge? I I feel like the enneagram. I've heard that it was developed by people that were not Christian. Um, I have no idea. I have no problem with like yeah. You know, high school we did the Myers Briggs. Right, that was the thing right. then, and now it's That's, the enneagram. See, I, the Myers Briggs actually makes sense for me. I'm INTJ, which is the world domination one. <laughs> I'm shocked to hear this. I'm hearing this now for the first time. But the Myers or the Enneagram, honestly, I struggle to like find the one that fits me. Like I've never felt like I it's fit into so one. It's just so stupid. It's I like, like I'm a Q with five wings. What like, is there? What is there? The there's heck? only like seven possibilities, right? I I know so little about it. I'm okay. sorry. I, well, I'm not the one to maybe ask. Maybe we'll do a podcast episode on personality test because i think that would be probably be fascinating that in the future be kind of interesting we'll find yeah. some fruitcake to tell us yeah. about all the but <laughs> but anyways i feel like there is there's a fad of like moses said there's a fad of discovering yourself and pinpointing certain characteristics about yourself and identifying yeah. with a certain space but there's also the fad i've seen at least of kids uh totally doing away with religion and like doing away with christianity i should say but they're still drawn to the mystical side of things like they're yeah. still grown uh, drawn to spirituality. I've, I know a lot of uh, young Christians who have so-called um, they've deconstructed, which we'll talk about that in a future podcast episode. Yeah. They've deconstructed their faith and they are not Christian anymore, but they are very spiritually in tune is what they would describe themselves as. They're spiritually in tune with their souls. And so right. I think I, I feel like that would be an interesting paper to like write. What are the ties between this spiritual realm, mysticism, new age stuff and the gender revolution? That would be really interesting, um, and I think I think we should return to that. I think that yeah. t- the main takeaway here is it's really stupid that our federal government is providing resources, is promoting the CDC. People we already trust. knew the CDC was. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think people have had reason to question their trust in the CDC in the last couple of years, for sure. But there are many people who go to the CDC's website. Like if I'm searching, you know, when my kids are sick and I'm searching for something. Like flu cases or something. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll click on the CDC website. I'm interested in their guidance on how to strap in my car seat or when a child should be weaned or something like that. They are supposed to be an authority on things to do with children's health. And so to see them push this Mm -hmm. is is just so disturbing. It's like, yeah, it's, yeah, I would say in my personal opinion, it's more disturbing than them hawking the COVID vaccine, which was supposed to be super effective, et cetera, et cetera. So that was within their wheelhouse, within their lane, right? And yet this, how is it just even within the realm of possibility that the Centers for Disease Control is... I would say it's dangerous, too, because one of the quotes from this article from Breitbart says that the 
the sexually, politically, and even spiritually, again, spiritually charged material is intermixed with content that appeals to young children, Mm -hmm. such as conversations on video games, Pokemon, and Star Wars. And to me, that's really dangerous because it seeks to draw the innocent, the youth, kids 13 to 19 years old, in under a false guise because they're like, oh, all these things that you normally talk about, Star Wars, video games, Pokemon, like, well, let's talk about these. And what are your pronouns? Yeah. And don't you know that if you like to play with cars and you're a girl, that means you're actually a boy? Right. You know, so it's really this indoctrination. And I noticed uh, that the Arizona Department of Education actually promoted the Q Chat. It's called the Q Chat, by the way, which I want to call it the new dark web, the CDC's new dark web, honestly, because it's purposefully, again, created to be hidden from parents. There's this little button on the screen at all times, and if you click it, it suddenly takes you, it kicks that off your screen and takes you straight to the Google search page. And it's there specifically so that you can click that anytime. But the Arizona Department of Education promoted the QChat, so it sounds more like the Arizona Department of Indoctrination to me. I know you don't like (laughs) that as much, but I think it's true because they truly are. The QChat has truly indoctrinated children to believe a certain thing um and they're drawing them in again under these false pretenses these like conversations that kids would normally have these likes and dislikes like star wars kids like to talk about that and then they're going to indoctrinate them with this sort of ideology so definitely keep your kids off this new dark web keep your kids off the cdc i mean honestly a theme that we come back to again and again is that your kids need to be supervised on the internet. Yes. It doesn't matter what age they are. Obviously, you can establish uh, trust and um, and independence for your older kids. But you need to be aware that these things are out there and that they are actively recruiting. You know, it, it's not it's not they're not just passively waiting for your kids to find this. Like if you they're if you are putting it in front of the, your kids' faces. Yeah, they're you, going you after might, them. You, if you're if your kids are in public school, they might actually come into contact with like someone from Glisten or even like an LGBT student coordinator who's an employee of the school or of the district. Yeah. And they're going to say, "Hey, do you want to come visit? Do you want to come learn more about mm-hmm. LGBT issues?" Like they. Right. Anyway, they're actively recruiting. So, so I want to. We'll link an article that uh, we wrote for the family, or not we, Patience Griswold wrote for the Family Beacon on the danger of screens for children, why parents need to make sure that they're monitoring their kids. So we'll link that below because it was a really useful article, I think. Yeah. Um, moving on, though, Moses, I would really like to hear your thoughts on that video that Jordan Peterson released recently. You uh, brought it to my attention and you were like, I really want to talk about this on the podcast. I think you have some really good thoughts. So why don't you explain what the video is about and then take it away? Yeah, so it's really interesting, Grace, this this mm-hmm. video from Jordan Peterson, part of his new thing with the Daily Wire. We'll link the video in the description. Give it a watch. Um, I don't think we can necessarily play clips of it in the video, in our podcast because of copyright uh, things. But essentially, I thought it was really interesting because, mm-hmm. first of all, it says, it's called a message to the Christian churches. Mm-hmm. And I immediately thought of Revelation. Oh, yep. When um, when the uh, the Apostle John and, and the angel is giving these messages to the various churches. And then there's also a point near the end of the video where Peterson says, oh, this quote is... um, well, that oh, that quote I'll get to in a little bit. Okay. But uh, he, he says uh, the time is nigh, oh, which yep. is also a phrase from Revelation. And I think and, and several other places in the New Testament. So. 
and I'm not making fun of this per se, but Jordan Peterson is certainly taking on a prophetic mm-hmm. role. He's, and I think uh, he kind of acknowledges that too in the beginning. Oh, I, you know? yeah, no, I yeah. think, and he he yeah, he does acknowledge at the beginning that it's presumptuous for him who mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't explicitly say that he's not a Christian, but he he is he isn't. He's a like Christian. you might raise the question why I'm addressing this as I, I think he said as I'm not a part of the Christian church. That's what he says. Did he say that? I think he said explicitly. that explicitly. Okay, I'm pretty sure um, he did. Yeah. So he's addressing the plight of young men, and that's not surprising. This is his core audience, the people that he's been addressing for years. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really not a huge secret uh, why he's successful. He's got this. This is a fatherless generation. Young men are looking for leadership. Mm -hmm. He's got this gruff, avuncular manner. Uh, He's got this serious demeanor. He's very smart. He does not talk down to people. And he also doesn't let himself be bullied. So that's how he's endeared himself to hundreds of thousands of young men who have never really, um, they've never really heard the advice, this kind of simple advice that he yeah. gives, like clean your room and stuff like that. Or they've never, they've heard it from their parents, but they never heeded it. And he's right to say that those people are not in the church, generally. Mm-hmm. Young men Calling are, him out. yeah, young men are uh, the group that um, I think are probably just the most in trouble in our culture. Yeah, They're, and I think, you know, the fact I keep thinking when I was watching this video, I kept thinking of that video that our videographer Jack Bittner did for us for Unwoke yes. of how strong men's create strong men create good times, but like weak men create the worst of times, right? Yeah. And we'll link that in the description. But I think that's so true because I think it's it's people say like politics is downstream from culture. As, likewise, though, I think like how our men function and how the men in our society, if they're weak, our culture therefore is going to start crumbling and it's going to become weaker. But if we have strong men, our culture is going to be stronger. Sorry to cut you off, but it just really makes me think about yeah, that video that he did. Absolutely. So so the the strength of our men, as, as Jack said in the video that we've released, as Grace said, is crucial for the success of our society. And yeah, the, the strength of our women too, the character of, of, of yeah. the women in this culture, absolutely. But young men are worth focusing on mm-hmm. because they are the most in trouble. The I honestly had chills when I was watching the video. Like it was really? so, yeah, it was good. Interesting. It was good. I really liked it. So I, w- I want to talk a little bit about young men though, because because Peterson is is talking about this. So what are the problems pl- facing let's talk young about his men? Plea first. Well, I want to get to that, but I want to talk about how young. Why why is it so important to talk to young men sure. as Peterson is doing? So Peterson. So young men are poorer than they used to be. Uh, they're emotionally, uh, they're in a horrifying state in terms of uh, incidences of suicide, instances of depression. Pornography um, use, less likely to be married. Addiction to drugs, addiction to pornography, um, and yeah, more likely to be single, more likely to be unmarried, but also just more likely to be incels and more likely to be essentially completely um not celibate, but to, to be, be isolated to be, from community, to be isolated, mm-hmm. to be virgins, uh, rates of crime and rates of dropping out of school, which are both some things that uh, mostly happen to young men, are increasing hugely, and more than ever, the church is being is is deserting young people and especially um, young men because it's turned its message more inward, and. Um, And it's also just approaching things in a way that is just repellent to young men, which we'll talk about. Um, So 
I think that uh, I think that is really important to address mm-hmm. young men. So that's what mm-hmm. I like about what Peterson is saying. And I like he, that. And thing. he has one really good quote, mm-hmm. which you and I talked about. So good. Um, he says, the Christian church is there to remind mm-hmm. people, young men included, and perhaps even first and foremost, that they have a woman to find. Mm. A, a, gar- woman. a woman. A woman to find. Yes, not yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, and one I, woman, not women, exactly. polyamorous relationships. Hmm? Exactly. A garden to walk in, a family to nurture, mm. an ark to build, a land to conquer, a ladder to heaven to build, and the utter terrible catastrophe of life to face stalwartly in truth, devoted to love, and without fear. Isn't that just like oh, it's, the it's, chills, it's the really, chills. It's really, well, it's really well written. Excellent. And I think um, it echoes what I've seen from from actual Christian yeah, theologians in terms of the role of men and how men do have a have a part to play in the church that that plays to their strengths. Yep. The church isn't a, is isn't about it isn't necessarily all about submission and um and servant leadership and these these buzzwords which are all good mm-hmm. but which tend to turn off men. There's a role for building, there's mm-hmm. a role for war and making. Fighting, yeah. There's a role for things Don't that fight. appeal to <laughs> appeal to men and and some Christians do realize that I think we're both thinking about Doug Wilson who's a who's a pastor I was thinking in about Idaho New St. Andrews well their yes promo videos New St. Andrews key. was founded by Doug Wilson yeah. and and he's a pastor in Idaho who has had a ton of success mm-hmm. reaching out to men New St. Andrews is the college that I attended so, so I've, I've been I've been um, I've been influenced by that. Yeah. I did want to say one thing about yep. this, though. Okay, okay. Uh, this quote. My prob- My one problem with it yeah. is the ladder to heaven mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. And you have probably the same reaction. This is a glaring theological error. We do not build a ladder to heaven. That would be, that's legalism. That's the idea that we can save ourselves, which is common to all sorts of different types of religions and heresies. Um, we actually... All we get to do is accept that Jesus Christ, through his atoning blood, can make us worthy to enter into the glory of his Father, and that he is preparing a place for us. And then we, and then we get to talk about our role on earth. But we, we're, not, we're not building, we're not building um, a ladder to heaven. It sounds like Peterson's background in Jungian psychology coming out rather mm-hmm. than a profound theological statement. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I have I have more to say on that, um, and I think I think my it, it's like so so the the concrete thing that Peterson says mm-hmm. yeah. is churches should put out a sign saying young men welcome here and he also says that like men naturally have this inkling to like search for something higher to work for something higher yeah. above themselves and he says the Christian church has that answer for them yeah so no and I think that's I think that's really first of all it's true but I don't think it's true for the reasons that that Jordan Peterson mm. uh, thinks it is so a lot of a lot of Christians have been critiquing Peterson because I wonder and I think why. there's an element of pride mm-hmm. there's an element of pride like don't you tell us what to do Mm-hmm. Stay in your lane, and and he alludes to that by, by at the beginning of his message. But the fact is that that someone does need to say these things, mm-hmm. and yeah, there are Christians who are saying this. We don't need to go to Jordan Peterson to hear these things being said. But Jordan Peterson has this massive platform, this massive following among young men. Maybe this will actually get churches to wake up and take steps to the, the, the word. They're hemorrhaging young people. The church is hemorrhaging young people and especially young men. Young men that I run into and talk to, 
they they have no conception of what Christianity is generally. They have, you know, I mean, obviously, unless I've run into them in church. And they, they have no conception that Christianity is something that would be interesting to anyone younger than their grandmother, right? Mm-hmm. Or possibly their evil fundamentalist parents that they hate, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's the challenge that we face when we talk about reaching this generation And the feminization of men, of men right? And we the talk feminization about that of too, men. And the feminization before. of the church. Mm, so the, the church yeah. has become yep. a fundamentally feminine place. I'm We've not... become apathetic, which I hate. Yeah. Hate. And, and so have our men. Right. And, uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I hate, so I hate say. saying this, but, the, like, I don't want to say something hugely controversial here by saying this. I, I'm not putting myself or my own church up as some type of exemplar here. But I look at mega churches mm. and I look at the men who, who lead places like that generally. And I see a lot of low testosterone levels. Mm. And, and that is, like, in uh, modern uh, – Okay. Testosterone is um, is really controversial. You know, you can get into this whole deterministic thing, like your testosterone levels determine whether or not you're, you know, a, a, a strong man or whatever. That that's pretty much BS. Uh, also, too much testosterone will kill you because it makes your heart not work, which is why it's so dangerous to give it to young women who think that they're men. Oh snap! Oh snap! Oh snap! There's the truth bombs, Moses. Yeah, but at the same time, men need to have a healthy level of testosterone, otherwise too low a level of testosterone is also a health risk. And it also affects behavior. Um, Obesity, for example, is a thing that lowers your testosterone um, uh, levels, which is why it's such a bad thing. Uh, And low testosterone means low fertility, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So all of these problems feed into each other that create a feminized culture where a message like this is ultimately needed. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I wanted to read a quote if um, from an article from World Magazine. Yes, and I want yeah. to say this is my friend Stephen Wedgworth writing. He is an Anglican uh, priest in uh, Indiana and uh, just a wonderful mm-hmm. guy and he's also an opinion writer for World Magazine. Yeah, and Moses sent me this article and I just I got chills when I read this line, you guys. Like I got chills when I heard that quote from Peterson about how men have a woman to find, a garden to build, a family to nurture, just because it's so like fundamentally Christian what he was saying and so beautifully worded and yet he he just he's so close I I was talking to my dad about this on the way to work because we drove together and um I was saying of course we've had we have a great lack of wise men of great men in our culture today like I don't think we could ever convince ourselves or like we can never argue that we have an Aristotle of today because Aristotle was just so brilliant but I say like if there was an Aristotle of today, I think I would say it's Jordan Peterson because he's so close to the truth. Mm. He's so close and yet so far, hmm. you know? I don't know if you agree with that. But um, this quote, um, I just wanted to say that before I read this quote from your friend Stephen Wedgworth. Um, he said in the article, he said, keep going, Jordan Peterson. Keep pursuing. Follow the truth and keep being restless. Be restless until you find your rest in Christ. And the reason I have chills is because – one, this is very clearly playing off of St. Augustine's quote that he writes in his Confessions where he says, our hearts are restless until we find our rest in him, mm-hmm. which um, that's just a beautiful quote. That's one of the most famous quotes um, from St. Augustine. And it just plays off the truth that each of us, we even if you're not a Christian, like you yearn for something higher than yourself. You yearn for something bigger and you're never truly going to be satisfied or truly going to be happy unless you find that rest in Christ. And I think really, I mean, obviously, who am I to judge 
his salvation, but he hasn't explicitly come out and said he's Christian. Jordan Peterson hasn't. I do have hope that one day before he dies that he will um, he will see the light. But I just I think that's a good reminder because he's so so close. And we're not like, okay, I love C.S. Lewis so much, but there are some problems with his Silver Chair book, the last book where he kind of falls into universalism. You know what I'm talking about? Yep, The Last Battle with Emmett and how Emmett is saved. If you're a nerd like me, then you know what I'm talking about. Oh, man. Um, I don't A Narnia episode. Comment if you want a Narnia episode from the Family Beacon podcast. I I adore Narnia. It's so good. (laughs) But basically what I'm trying to say is, I, while I have so much respect for Aristotle and like other virtuous pagans, so-called, I don't think that they're going to be in heaven, which is so sad because they were so close. They contributed so much. They're extremely wise. Like Paul cited them. He used them. He studied them. But I don't think they're going to be in heaven. And I think, you know, Mm -hmm. Dante makes the case that there is like a ring for the virtuous pagans and that they're saved from like being the worst tortures yeah they're they're like they're like in this the easiest part of hell or whatever or yeah of hell um and or no they're actually in purgatory they're in purgatory yeah that's they're like or are they in limbo i think they're in purgatory we are so we need to brush up on our classical education i read this only like two years ago oh man okay i'm pretty sure i could be wrong but i think that they're like right after purgatory where you're like waiting to get into the celestial gates of heaven but it's like that in between and it's not like they have a bad life but it's also not heaven right anyways i don't believe that that such a thing exists so i really hope jordan peterson does see the light i think there's another quote from this article the world article he says that jordan peterson is to echo winston churchill not so much a pillar of the church as a flying buttress which not to like laugh at him but i do think this is accurate at least so far but i think that there is hope for jordan peterson in the future let, let me just say architecturally what that means um, oh sure yes yeah. so a pillar is inside the church um holding up the roof a flying buttress is outside the church it's those big things that you see that support the roof mm-hmm. of a church from the outside yeah. like you might see on a great cathedral and that's an interesting um that's an interesting characterization i think my conclusion from this is so peterson wants young men to go to church that's good um he wants them to go to church partially because he thinks Christianity has some value in itself. That's clear that he sees value in Christianity. He's done tons of lectures on Genesis and other books of the Bible, which are pretty respectful, if not, you know, not exactly from our point of view. However, I do think the primary reason why he wants young men to go to church is so that they can get their lives together. That's his mm. primary goal. So mm. he sees the church as a means to that end, not an end in itself. Now, the, I think that's a problem because while churches do need to draw young mm. men in, And in some cases, churches need to radically transform themselves so that they can become places where young men can be comfortable, where um, they can become places where, as as Peterson says, uh, churches need to say to young men, we want what you have, Mm. what you have. You don't need to change what you are fundamentally as a man to come here. You can be a man who is a Christian man. So I think what you're getting at is you're saying that the Christian church has all these virtues that Jordan Peterson thinks that men should exemplify and pursue and that the Christian church upholds these virtues. So why don't young men just go and go to the church so that they can encompass these virtues? But you're not saying that right. he's he obviously isn't arguing for the radical heart, heart transformation, which is also key. That's, that's exactly what I'm getting at. And it's what Stephen Wedgworth is getting at in this mm-hmm. article as well. So... I think you should go to church if you're a young man, not because it will give you rules for life, as Peterson has tried to do, uh, but because it will bring you into contact with the saving fire, uh, the saving flood. You could use either analogy, both are biblical. Uh, this, the message that you are a sinner, that there is forgiveness of sins, 
that the church is the place where you find that forgiveness through the blood of Jesus Christ, who is, um, you know, in the, in the pagan myth, Jesus Christ is like the dying warrior. But instead of dying heroically, he, he does die heroically, but also, um, but also sacrificially. And then he, he overcomes death. That's the ultimate battle, is that Jesus Christ, the ultimate battle is between just Jesus Christ, death, Jesus Christ, and the devil. Jesus Christ overcomes the grave. He has won that great victory for us. We can be foot soldiers in his army. Uh, fulfilling the great works that he has prepared for us in advance to do. And that is why young men should go to church, in my view. Amen. I think I, So I think Jordan Peterson, I shouldn't, I don't think we should shoot the messenger. You know, we shouldn't, yeah, we yeah. shouldn't look at, and I've seen articles where Christians are just making fun of Jordan Peterson and saying, blah, 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 you know, uh, the, the church is great as it is. Thank you very much. That's not true. The church needs to do better at um at at working to appeal to young men the tips jordan peterson has are great so don't shoot the messenger but let's focus on the real reasons why young men should go to church and not these surface level behavior changes yeah. rather than heart changes and at the end of the day too like are they going to be able to maybe they'll be able to do some of these things but will they be able to do all these things that jordan peterson wants them to do to find the woman to get to walk in the garden, to nurture the family, to build the ark, to conquer the land, to build to build that ladder to heaven, like he says. Are they going to be able to do all of those things to face every catastrophe of life that is thrown at them in truth and, and being devoted to love and without fear? Ultimately, no. They're not going to be able to do all of these things mm. unless they have the radical heart transformation. That, so. is, uh, that is a very good point. The, the gospel is not a pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Mm-hmm. You can achieve anything message. It's you can achieve nothing by yourself. You need Christ to save you. And then in him, through the Holy Spirit, then let's see what you can do joyfully follow up following the good works mm-hmm. and the the great feats that he calls us to do as men as women as christians i think that's my final word on that yep grace my last question for you what are you reading oh okay so i just actually this is kind of maybe ties into our podcast a little bit but i just finished even exile again i've read it a few times by oh, rebecca merkel i don't know if you've read it have you i read have it? not no. oh my goodness has brianna read it um i don't think so it is excellent you 10 on 10 should read it. Uh, it's it's phenomenal. It talks about like... Um, it's it like talks a history about, of feminism yeah, a little bit. Yeah, the history of feminism in the beginning. Right? But then it also talks about like, well, what is a woman's role? What is a woman's place? Um, should she only stay in the home? All these questions that are circulating right now. And it was it's really, really good. Love it. I'm also reading Let Me Be a Woman by Elizabeth Elliot, which is good. So kind of these like women books. And then I'm also reading The Power of Habit by... I'm forgetting his last name... But The Power of Habit, and it's just about how habits are made, how habits are formed, how you can break habits, build new ones, and how it affects you in the workplace and in different spheres of your life. So that's been really fascinating, too. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm reading books about two fictional women who could Mm -hmm. certainly have taken some advice from Elizabeth Elliot or uh, Rebecca Merkel, the author of Even Exile. One is Tess of the D'Urbervilles, which I think I mentioned Mm -hmm. um, a few weeks ago by Thomas Hardy. And um, so still plotting through that um, with, with my wife reading that out loud. Um, it's just, it is hard to find time and it's a long book. But the other one that I'm listening to as an audiobook right now is Anna Karenina oh, by I Leo Tolstoy. I love that book. Do you Are like you, it? I, um, am not sure what I think about it. Okay. But I'll just say, I uh, don't want this episode to get too long. Maybe we'll have to talk more at, more at length about these books. We are such nerds. But yeah, we are nerds. <laughs> um, I think, I think our viewers and listeners know that. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just, I see Anna Karenina so far. I'm like, I don't know. How far are you into it? I am like 150 pages. Okay, in. yeah. I mean, the book so, is like that thick. So. Yeah, it's pretty. 
yeah, I haven't FD. I haven't got to the well. Oh, I'm also reading Persuasion. Well, I'm listening to oh, it. Oh, really? Yeah, that I've is never... my favorite <gasps> Jane Austen. No book. way. My favorite is Emma, at least so far, but I haven't read all. Of them. That's not surprising to me. Why? Because Why? <laughs> you are an Emma-like character. Oh, absolutely. My, that's that's kind of I do see myself in her 100. Like you're way she... more an Emma than like a uh, Lizzie Bennet oh, or or Jane or. or... or... Right. Yeah, that was very true. I dig myself into ditches, and then my friends have to call me out, and then I'm like, "Oh, I love my friends because <laughs> they're calling There's me out." There's that one uh, movie version of Emma where Gwyneth Paltrow oh, is I literally firing an arrow at like on the video, the title of the DVD, and then Mr. Knightley comes up. Yeah, it's just it's just funny because like sometimes they come into the office and Grace is shooting at me with a bow and arrow. So it's like, uh, you better very say similar. that's a joke because. <laughs> Are you saying that people would believe that of you? They better not. <laughs> Grace shoots bows and arrows at me. No, I don't. And on that note, thank you so much for watching this episode. The slander, the slander. Of the Family Beacon Podcast. I hope you are listening this time because then you missed maybe that little bit of irony where I said that Grace is, um, you, you may have missed the ironical look in the our faces. eye roll. Actually, you should watch on YouTube because you are missing out on these hilarious interactions, seeing us <laughs> laugh at each other. Thank you oh, so man. much for tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on TikTok, on Instagram, and follow the Church Ambassador Network. Again, they are all linked in the description below. We will see you guys next next week. Thanks for listening to or watching this episode of the Family Beacon Podcast from Minnesota Family Council. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you're up to date on life, family, and religious freedom. You can follow us on Instagram at MNFamilyCouncil and subscribe to us on YouTube to watch our content. Get the facts, stand for truth. Mm-hmm.